This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Schneimer on Zoomer Radio. Now we move along to traffic safety and congestion. Unfortunately, topics we have to get to just too often. And we have two big developments in the GTA. First, in Mississauga, the General Committee for the City of Mississauga has supported changes to the current traffic bylaw that would see speed limits lowered across 10 different neighborhoods from 50 kilometers an hour to 40. And here in Toronto, another towing blitz, this time on Queen Street, cars illegally parked between Fallingbrook in the beaches and Roncesvalles will be relocated, that's a good word, to a side street. And this, instead of being towed, ticketed or impounded, which is current policy, which takes a lot longer, it's a six-week pilot project. And here's what I'm wondering about. Why is the city kicking in $80,000? Why can't the errant drivers pay the full cost? So want to hear from you about both these things. 416-360-0740, toll free 1-866-740-4740. Right now, I would like to bring in Sergeant Brett Moore from Toronto Police Traffic Services and Mayor Bonnie Crombie of Mississauga. Welcome to you both. Hi, Libby. Thanks for having me. Yeah, great. Thank you. Thank you for coming Hi, on. Brent. So, Mayor Mayor Crombie, uh, why did you move to lower the speed limits? I had no idea it was mm-hmm. 50 kilometers. That seems high for any kind of residential area. Yeah, there's 50 everywhere except in school zones, of course. So we think this is one step towards a meaningful step towards achieving our, our uh, vision zero. And uh, not only will we, when we reduce speeds in neighbourhoods, we've chosen one neighbourhood per ward, so there will be 10 for now and hopefully another one coming soon. But this will also help promote active transportation by making it safer for families to walk and ride and commute. And it's a tool that we can use to address speeding. Um, in neighborhoods and also keep our pedestrians, our children, of course, and cyclists safer. Uh huh. Um, has this been kind of on the table for a long time? As I said, I'm, I'm even surprised looking at it that it is 50 now. Right. So it, it's something we've been interest, interested in doing for a number of years, but it well, used to be very cumbersome because you would have to change all the traffic signs, all the road safety signs throughout the neighborhood. Um, but now through the Highway Traffic Act last May in 2018, they allowing municipalities to establish lower speed limits within neighborhoods using an area speed limit. So that's how we're able to do this. So we have adopted a plan to implement 40 kilometer per hour neighborhood area speed limits on some of our smaller residential roads. And we've identified priority neighborhoods. So each of the councillors have identified um, a one neighborhood in each of their wards. Um, and this will get rolling out um, after council this week and we'll be installing new signs. And we're very hopeful this will reduce speeds, obviously, keep people safer um, and keep our pedestrians and our cyclists and our children safer. 
does it strike you at all as ironic that here you are lowering to 40 when, say, in Toronto, there's a big push to lower to 30? Oh, so what we've 50 mile, 50 kilometers an hour is the typical speed limit in residential areas, but it's 40 kilometers per hour in school zones. So we've made that the standard in these neighborhoods. But again, do you find it ironic that elsewhere, and it's not just in Toronto, but but uh, you know, uh, in terms of the whole Vision Zero movement, uh, the push is to lower speed limits to thirty in a city. But did they, I'm not aware that they jump from fifty to thirty. But you know, if we will monitor this closely, and if the need be to to move down to thirty, then we can also do so. But this is a big step for us in helping us achieve Vision Zero, moving to forty kilometers per hour. And um, I have to admit, we had a little trouble getting some statistics from Peel Police, but in 2018, and the numbers are from Mississauga and Brampton, uh, it was a record high and it, it, it was all uh, road deaths, um, not just pedestrians, but it was a record high in 2018 of 41. Right. And I think we see that right across the GTA. And of course, it's not only on uh, residential streets, it's on major thoroughfares as well. Uh, we see pedestrians um, not often not paying attention when they're crossing the street. And there has been an uptick. Absolutely. And I'm sure you can um, confirm with Brent that that's been the case. Yeah, Brett. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. We're. Uh, I, I'm super happy to hear that all these different municipalities are, are catching on to Vision Zero. We're talking about it. Um, it. It's a. It's. It takes. It's going to take a long time to get to that. Uh, uh, you know that goal, but uh, we're all working together. I can tell you the different transportations um, between Toronto, Mississauga, Durham. They're all collaborating. They're talking. They're learning from the different engineers and different techniques. So, um, we, you know, we uh, every municipality, every community is a little bit different and I really like the approach where uh, it's data driven but listening to local communities to to meet their needs um, and where um, it's not a, a one-stop uh, meets all everybody's going to be a little different every like we, we see Toronto where Scarborough big wide streets 60 kilometers per hour sometime this year you're going to see 250 the city and Toronto transportation are lowering 250 speed limits in Toronto down by 10 kilometers per hour and that's just a start and we all know that just the numbers on the sign don't mean too much. And so if you wake up in the morning and the number is different on the sign, but the road still has the same look and feel, people tend to go the same speed limits, the speed limits that they're comfortable going. So the start is lowering, which is a, which is a big hurdle to meet. And then it's to bring in different engineering, education and enforcement techniques. Now, uh, I just quoted the number of all the road deaths in uh, Peel and in Toronto, it's higher, right? It, it you know, if, if, they are yes, and I can tell you where, where we are now in Toronto. Um, uh, you know, we've we're seeing almost seventy five percent of the people killed in Toronto on our roads have been vulnerable, whether you're a motorcyclist, a pedestrian, uh, or whatnot. And um, again, none, I always when I get the chance to talk about it, just to remind people we throw these numbers around like just that numbers. Every one of these is a victim of family, um, and, and we're you know the, us more than most get the, and you know, have to uh, to deal, connect, and communicate with families and victims of these crimes and so uh, definitely we have a long way to go and it's super important that uh, it's not just about enforcement it's not just one thing it's not just engineering it's it's a whole holistic collaboration um, and it's going to take a lot of work and energy to get those numbers down uh, consistently not just year over year because statistics are really easy to compare from one year to the next but it's when you string them together and see a long sort of consistent trend uh, happening and that's what we're working towards 
Okay, uh, Mayor Crombie, I know you have to go. What would you like to leave us with on this? <laughs> Be cautious, slow down in neighbourhoods. I think this is very significant. It's uh, a big step towards our Vision Zero plan that we adopted back in early 2018. And I think it's very worthwhile that we can reduce the speed in the entire neighbourhood uh, of each ward, not just a single street. So okay. slow down and be careful. Okay, thank you so much, Mayor Bonnie Crombie. Okay, uh, before we move along a bit, let us take a call from Alex in East York. Hello, Alex. Hey, Libby. Uh, if I can comment a couple of things here about the lower speed limits. This is not just people grabbing numbers out of the air. This is the result of several coroner's inquests into children and pedestrians who've been killed on city streets. And they make perfect sense. And I think a part of the problem we're going to have with it is the resources of the police. They don't have the proper enforcement resources. They honestly don't. And this feathers into the next thing with the Queen Street towing. Um, yeah, it's, it's great. It's a good idea in, in uh, principle. Good luck finding uh, spare parking spots in the beaches. <laughs> but here's the problem and why it's costing so much money. The police service is having to pay the towing companies, and rightly so, to move the vehicles. So we're talking a police service that is already crying um, poor when it comes to the budget and resources. And, and, and I'm saying they're wrong that way. And now they're going to be taking more resources and putting them to this. So this is taxpayers' money that's going to be used. They could be used for enforcement to move these vehicles. I, there should be a mechanism where the owner is charged for the towing fees as well. Well, you know what? We, you've just jumped the gun on me. I'm sorry, because, you know, we were going to get to all of that after our second break. So thank you for um, giving us, I'll say, a teaser for the next subject, because I have all the same questions that you were just asking there. So, Alex, thank you very much for your call. We're going to take... Sorry about that. No, no, sorry. Did a great job. And I've been talking to Sergeant Brett Moore, and he's trying to explain to (laughs) me why the drivers that are being relocated won't be charged, and instead the city is going to pay... $80,000. And I have to admit, I'm having a hard time grasping this logic, Mm -hmm. Sergeant Moore. Well, right now, I guess the the way to explain it is is that there there is a contract. The Toronto Police do not own tow trucks. Right. Um, We have a couple for our own personal use. But really, the contract, uh, there's a, we're contracted with several uh, private companies and there's a contract in place. And because what typically happens, you'd get your ticket. And yeah. then you would get your tow to the impound lot. And that's the mechanism in place in which the, the owner the, of the vehicle would, would the be, ticket. right? It's the ticket that we charge, but yeah. then you'd pay your fee to get your vehicle out of the pound. Because this proof of concept is, um, and we're seeing in the stats and the data that it, it takes almost 90 minutes, literally, if for, to go from downtown Toronto to some of the outreaching uh, locations of these impound lots. And what a waste of time. It's just we know now that we're not able to move as many cars as we need to. Vehicles are in our rush hour routes longer. They're, they're getting their ticket, but we just don't physically have the trucks to move them fast enough because of just the way the time is now. And so as a proof of concept to get things moving faster, because we know when con- when congestion happens, it makes things unsafe for everybody. Aggravations, frustrations yeah. go up, right? And so what normally happens is we're going to relocate them in this instance. And... um Normally that's done for nothing. It's because of parades, special events, emergencies. 
like fires and things. So we have to get cars out of the way. And those are moved, relocated. The address where they were moved to is updated, um, but there's no fee for that. And that's the way the contract's written. And so as a proof of concept, um, that, that cost, that relocation cost is going to okay, be borne by I the city. Still, sorry, I still don't understand yeah. if, if uh, there's an additional fee, like yeah. why don't you just put a rider on the contract or a, a yeah. bill on the windshield? Yeah. I, don't, I don't understand why you can't do that unless there's some kind of legal impediment. It certainly happens in the private sector if sure they does. say, uh, uh, sorry, uh, this is what we agreed on, but there's a whole yeah. bunch of ex- why? Yeah, and, and it's just that it's, it's, there's, we're not able to break the contract that we've got. And but you don't have to break it. Just yeah. say there's another thing we can charge you for. Hello. I wish it was that easy. And it's just clearly it's not at this point. And that's the agreement that we're working under. It is a proof of concept. We're going to test it for a short period of time. We're going to be collecting daily data. And the idea will be if this is proof of concept works, uh, we'll be looking to uh, expand that into other areas. But longer term, obviously, it's not desirable to have this cost absorbed by the city. And so the ultimate plan will be... And if is this it, is, it's the city, not the police department. Correct. Okay. Right. And and so the longer term goal, I guess, will be if this does sort of pan out to a full-time program, uh, that those contracts will be amended. The true cost uh, of the relocation will be absorbed by the, the person who's uh, caused yeah, this thing I, in the first I place. I still don't, I still don't give no, you, like, so what, it's almost like this is, this is a towing blitz, but, you know, if you, you know, normally, or in the previous mm-hmm. ones, they said, okay, you're, you, if you do this now, we're mm-hmm. going to get you, your car's going to be impounded, it's going to be a big bill. Right. Now it's like, uh, there's not really going to be a consequence because we're proving the consequence, the thing you, you know, we just, uh, you were going to put your car somewhere close by. How For the convenient. first six weeks, that is true. And we're not going to sugarcoat it. That is true. But we've not changed the way we've done business for tagging and towing for like decades. And yeah. so, right, change is hard. And we've got to test the proof of concept before we make a full wholesale change to the way things are done now. And the only way to do that is to test our proof of concept to see if this works. It makes sense. Uh, in the sense that why why take well, you know, think of it this, this way you're from out of town you're not familiar with the rules necessarily now and that's no excuse the signs are pretty clearly posted but now you're instead of you know having to truck your way down two hours away to figure out a way to get uh, to the impound lot to get your car out it's now around the corner or you've got a disabled sticker and the vehicle is towed in the rush hour route which there's no exemptions now instead of having to make your way all the way to the pound you can get your vehicle to the side street where it's going to be located there's a couple things as well that, keen, but I don't see how yeah. this how this particular thing is really going to deter anybody well it's about moving vehicles right off uh, off the route so if you're only able to move one truck and move one car at a time and so if that takes six to 90 minutes to make happen on average, and now we can reduce that, and this is what we're going to be testing. And how 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 quicker, how more vehicles I, can I, we move I, off the route? Right. That's the but idea. But I'm just ultimately. saying that you haven't really put a deterrent in for this go around. Agreed. Uh, and uh, I want to take a couple of points, but the mm-hmm. other thing I I want to get to, uh, and it's our previous caller's point. You know, there there are places around Queen Street where. It's very hard to find a parking spot. So I, I, I want to hear sure. your take on that. But first, let's take a call from Jim and Vaughn. Hi, Jim. Hi, how are you? Fine, how are you? Okay, very quickly, I agree with the sergeant because I've been in the situation about having to go to the pound to pick up a car. But all they have to do is the tow truck driver, after he finds a spot for the car, he puts their own invoice on the car. So it has the parking ticket plus the invoice for towing, $100 that would be more of a deterrent. 
And again, not, not high enough. Yeah, fair. No, fair. <laughs> Thanks, oh, $200 Jim, for your call. Whichever, whichever it takes. Okay, I hear. I'm just going to I'm gonna let you go and let Sergeant respond to you. Yeah, and no, and we're, we're listening to all these things, and that's yeah. all part of the conversation. That's why we're opening it up and, and wanting to listen to people. And we're, we know that you know, there's people sort of talking on both sides of this saying, well, why not just build it back? Um, but because of certain obligations that we're bound by, and it is a proof of concept that, that we've got to get off the ground um, and show that there's that it's feasible and sustainable. Uh, that's what we're going to be. Uh, that's what we're we have to do. But we get it. We, we get the you know that people upset and for you know and rightfully so that why aren't the people who caused this in the first place paying the bill? Ultimately, if this like I keep uh, said before, if it flushes out to a full full uh, blown program, that will ultimately be uh, what's going to happen. But for now, this is what we have to do, and we're going to be monitoring it very closely, not just with us, but we're looking at transportation, TTC, great timekeepers on our streets with uh, streetcars moving through Queen. Um, we're going to be getting feedback from the BIAs, from the officers that are doing this work, and we're also using technology where we're going to be looking uh, through cameras and, and different sensors, again, monitoring um, how things flow and ultimately, we know that you know, as things move clear and freer, uh, park cars clog up the roads, but they also clog up sight lines. And so near intersections, it creates more more yeah. hazards and issues for people. Yeah, and was, so all when, those are things that we're looking at. Well, I mean, and I'm asking about the parking spot. So, for instance, mm, yeah. there's a sometimes I want to stop, say, is a, around on Queen, sort of between uh, John and Peter Street. Sure. And if there's no parking spot on the other, on the north side where it's legal, mm-hmm. uh, then I look up Beverly. And um, if there's nothing there, I mean, you know, it's, uh, I, I'm out of luck and I just go home because. You know, all the yeah. streets are one way going the other way. So where, where are you going to put these cars? Yeah, so and you're absolutely right. So Queen's a, a bit of a unique piece of uh, roadway in the sense that on the from Bathurst out to Jarvis and that center core, if you will, it's it's both sides of the road. It's a rush hour route. And so you can't, it's no stopping for both sides. And so in those areas, they've identified 46 spots on side streets that are available. And there's an additional 70, if need be, in that area where they can move cars to, to relocate them. But outside, on the outside, if you will, the, so the bookends of, of Queen out, of, outside of Bathurst and Jarvis, it's only rush hour in one direction. And so the idea will be the vehicles will be towed and relocated to the opposite side of the street where it's not a rush hour. And it's, it's, uh, at that point, a no stopping zone. And so that's where they're going to be moved towards as well. So no, the, the officers, um, this is very much, uh, um, yeah, yes, it's data driven, but we got a lot of input from the officers that are there every single day towing cars and they know these areas extremely well. And we've already gone out and, uh, uh, flagged those areas for, uh, cause you're right, but, uh, you know, where there's going to be space available to put these cars. Okay. Let's hear from Barbara in North York. Hi, Barbara. Hi. I just, I won't stay on the phone. I just want to say I'm with, Libby on this. Oh, just a moment. Mm. <laughs> I don't know where she's gone, but she had a nice way of of uh, putting it. She said it sounds like a nice valet service. <laughs> Any comment, Brad, on that? No, you know, and, and I, we, we're listening. And I yeah. think that's the best thing we can say at this point. Uh, and, and we know it's not uh, not everybody's going to be happy with uh, you know eighty grand having to be put out there. But uh, again, the the way uh, that uh, it is for the next few weeks, while well, this uh, we test this proof of concept again, first time in uh, as, as far as I can go back, it's been the same way. And you know, change is hard. And but doing things the same old way, same old time, it, isn't acceptable anymore. Things have changed. The city's changed. Uh, commuting times have changed, and we've got to react and. Test, test different proofs of concept to see if they're feasible or not. And um, uh, we're going to work through that. That's the direction we're taking for the next little bit. There'll be lots of feedback. Um, there's a dedicated website that the city of uh, city of Toronto has set up. We're going to be providing information. 
and feedback so, as we go so along. So if they take your car, they're going to put it, you're going to put it on the website where it is? Yep. So, well, so the good thing is actually whatever happened like Friday last week, if you got yeah. your car towed in a rush hour, you, you would do the exact same thing today. Meaning you would phone our non-emergency number 416-808-2222. Or there's another number, 808-6600. And so what happens when the parking officer tows your car and they relocate it? They update the system, our computer system, and they put the new address. And there'll be something on your windscreen that tells you exactly what's going on. And when you phone up, the dispatcher on the other side says, well, your car's been moved three blocks. Here's the address it's in front of. Those are the things that we've got in place. So that's not new. That's the way it's always been. Um, But it'll be important. We're looking uh, to see if we can tow more cars off these routes and uh, uh, get some more of those phone calls made. Okay. Uh, and, uh, we're starting to run out of time mm-hmm. on this. Do you have, uh, any idea, any estimate of how many cars you're going to be towing? Mm-hmm. What are you expecting to do this? Ep- how many, how many officers are out there? Doing yeah. This? So there, there's an, at least an additional four on, uh, every uh, rush hour, um, in the afternoon. And that's what we're going to be putting on. But the officer is going to be working directly with the tow truck as well. And so the idea is, is that we're going to be monitoring that relationship and the amount of time it takes to tag, tow, or re- relocate and get back on the route to get the next one. Um, and, and those are the things that we're going to be doing. Um, what else can I say? And when, I, when are you going to have some uh, numbers so, Yeah, everybody us. wants stats, right? So we're going to be starting to, as soon as I'm done here, we're going to be on the routes uh, this afternoon. And uh, we've got we've to make some opportunities for uh, uh, to get the message out, to connect with the local communities and with the, hopefully some uh, different uh, media partners. We're going to get out there and, uh, and uh, sort of promote what we're doing and answer some questions if they're out there. Okay. Thank you so much, Sergeant Brett Thanks. Moore. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads. Idea City on the air and The Garden Show.